Well, I am excited. I don't know what happened. It happened about two weeks ago. I just, I felt, can, can I be honest with you guys? Hopefully, I'm, hopefully I am all the time, right? Well, this Sunday, can I be honest with you? No. <laughs> it, was, it was the end of last year, and I don't know what it was. I was feeling discouraged. And I, uh, I told my wife, because I, 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 just, I, I started sharing with her how I felt, and she said, uh, well, she said, you need to set up an appointment and get together with Hugh Laybourne. You know, my, my pastor, one of my pastors. And uh, I thought, okay. Because, um, yeah, I've never, I've never felt quite like that. And, uh, but something happened just a couple weeks ago. And I, it just felt like God just breathed on me. And all of that stuff just left me. And, and, and what, what remained was just kind of an excitement in my spirit for this year. And, and, and a word, I believe, that God gave me. Now, I shared the first part of that word last Sunday. We were talking about lifting up our eyes from the place where we are. From, from our current situation, our present circumstance, which, which is, is trying so hard to captivate our gaze, lifting up our eyes, to see what God wants to show us. And that, that message is burning in me. I could preach it every Sunday, but I think you might get tired of it. But God told Abram, Abram that his descendants would cover the earth. Now, God was speaking to a man who had no children. A man whose wife was past the age of childbearing. She'd gone through menopause. They were barren. What's God's answer for barrenness? Now, I'm not just talking about physical barrenness because we can feel barren in other areas of our life. We can feel like, man, why, why don't I see more fruit? Why don't, why don't I see God doing more? I, I just want to be fruitful. I just want to not be barren. What's God's answer for barrenness? My message today is really about the same thing I talked about last week. I'm just going to say it differently uh, with different scriptures. But the message, this message of hope fills the Bible. You could preach it from any book in the Bible. You know, the word hope is an interesting word. In our culture, when we say hope, like I, I hope that this happens, what I'm really saying is I wish. I wish this would happen. But see, when the Bible uses the word hope, what it means is the joyful anticipation of good based on who God is, based on the promises of God. Hope is this, this joyful anticipation of good. There is a word that we often hear in our, our culture today. I said it earlier in the service. It's the, it's the word breakthrough. 
You know, and we hear it in the context of spiritual, I'm sorry, of scientific breakthroughs, technological breakthroughs, medical breakthroughs, or any number of other different areas, and it refers to a game-changing new understanding. It refers to, to a breakthrough that has taken our understanding into a whole new level or a whole new place. It's like what we knew before, that this, this transcends all of that now. But did you know that the word breakthrough is actually a military term? In your notes, a military term that refers to busting through enemy lines and taking ground. You know, Monique's testimony last Sunday was about breakthrough. And testimonies that we hear Sunday after Sunday, they are about breakthrough. Abram, a barren man, married to a barren woman, had a breakthrough because of the promise of God, because he had a promise from God. See, that's all you need for a breakthrough, because every word from God comes with power Power to bring change, to, to bring breakthrough. God says, my word will not return to me void, but it will accomplish what I sent it to do. It will prosper in that very thing. Amen. Now, Isaiah chapter 54, I want to look at three verses here. You guys doing okay? You know how sometimes you see people running around in church? You think, what's going on? That's what I feel like doing, but I don't want to freak you out <laughs> until later in the message. Verse 1, it says, Sing, O barren one, O barren, you who have not born, break forth into singing and, and cry aloud, you who have not labored with child. Now, see, in our day, if you want to have children and are not able to, it's a hard thing. And it can be very disappointed. And it's not to say that, that God can't do something about that. Many years ago, Mickey and I were in Mexico City. We were in the home of Mario and Jenny Hector, a couple that often hosts meetings when we are there. They usually have between maybe 70 to 85 people in their home in these meetings. They move out all the furniture and they... Stack up chairs. But, but we were there, and we were there. The, the pastors of, of the church were there. Uh, these are the pastors that originally invited Randy Clark, and I came with Randy Clark as part of that team in Mexico many years ago. And that's how the, the connections and relationships were, were initially developed. But we're in this meeting, and it was, it's a marriage uh, conference meeting, and Mickey, all of a sudden, she's, she gets a word of knowledge. And she said, I believe that there are couples here right today that you've been trying to have children. You may have even gone to the doctors and, and tried, and you've been unsuccessful. I want to pray for you. And, and about eight or nine couples just stood up. You know, and, and so Mickey prayed. She prayed over them. She declared some things over them. And unfortunately... Usually, in a situation like that, when, you, when you're praying for something that you can't tell whether it instantly is healed or, or happens or not, you have to wait. 
Well, the next year, when we went to this meeting at Mario and Jenny Hector's house, four or five of those couples were there holding their baby. And their babies range from one month to two and a half months old. And, and I guess the thing that was so good about that is because it just encouraged us. You know, oftentimes you don't hear about all the miracles that God does. And, and so it, God can change anything. Sing, O barren, you who have not born. Break forth into singing and cry aloud, you who have not labored with child. In our day, if you can't have children, it's a hard thing. But nothing like it was in the day that this was written. In their culture, if you couldn't have children, you were judged by the rest of society. There was a tremendous reproach that a barren woman carried. So this portion of scripture is really a study in contradiction. God is calling the barren woman to sing. He is asking the woman that has no reason to rejoice, to rejoice. He is calling the person who has not experienced breakthrough yet to start singing and rejoicing about their breakthrough. And see, as you do, your mindset begins to change. Once you begin to embrace God's heart for you, you will start to break forth. But it begins internally, like so many things do, with rejoicing. And it ends up impacting the physical realm. What begins internally starts to come to pass. Sing, O barren. I'm going to get through this verse of scripture. Sing, O barren, you who have not born. Break forth into singing and cry aloud, you who have not labored with child. For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman, says the Lord. <laughs> he is saying that the desolate woman, the barren woman, will have more children than anyone else. Isn't he? He is saying, get ready for breakthrough. Get ready for answered prayer. Well, what do you do to get ready? Well, first, it begins by rejoicing. It, 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 it begins on the inside, but then he tells us how to get ready. Verse 2. We finally got the verse 2. Enlarge the place of your tent. You need a bigger house. And let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. For you shall expand to the right and to the left. And your descendants will inherit the nations, and make the desolate cities inhabited. Enlarge the place of your tent. It actually begins by enlarging on the inside. Start preparing for answered prayer. Start acting like it's going to happen. What, what do you need to do to prepare for breakthrough? Because you are going to experience breakthrough. You will expand to the right and to the left, but it begins internally in the form of rejoicing. Now, let me address something here 
this morning. I am so excited to serve God. In this day, in this season, and even this challenging season as a nation, there is no greater, no greater thing to do than lay your life down before the Lord and serve him with all your might. All of us live on one side or the other of this type of thinking. You are either a situational thinker or an occupational thinker. Now, in your notes, what is situational thinking? It's this. My circumstances, my, my, my situation dictates to me what I believe. I am a product of my environment. Pastor, you're talking about breakthrough, and I know that works for some people, but it doesn't apply to me, not where I live, not in my life. But you see that you've given into situational thinking. You've allowed your circumstances, your experiences, to dictate your belief system. You are walking by sight and not by faith. But you and I are called to walk by faith and not by sight. And see, we can choose to live on the other side of the tracks. And, and that's really what this year is about. The other side of the tracks is occupational thinking. What is occupational thinking? It, it means this. I believe what God says about me. My thinking comes from the word of God. I fellowship often with God's thoughts about me. Do you realize that when you entertain thoughts, you are inviting and fellowshipping with something? How do you fellowship with a spirit of lust? All you got to do is entertain lustful thoughts. You are inviting something. How do you fellowship with, with anger? Or actually, let me say it like this. How do you fellowship with a spirit of rage? Well, what happens is you just entertain, you just keep entertaining those angry thoughts towards somebody, the unforgiveness that you're hanging on to, and you're inviting something, and that spirit comes and takes it to a whole new level called rage. So part, what I'm, where I'm going with this is part of fellowshipping with God involves entertaining his thoughts that come from his word entertaining God's thoughts about who he is and, and, and ultimately who I am in him. When you fellowship with God's thoughts about yourself, you're inviting something that's really good. Now see, occupational thinking is believing the word. Believing what God says about me. Fellowshipping with his thoughts about me. I'm not moved by my external circumstances. I serve the living God, and nothing is impossible with him. All things are possible to him who believes, and I believe. And see what happens is my belief system doesn't come from my circumstances. It actually comes from the word of God. 
And it begins to affect the world I live in. In fact, I'm going to change the world I live in by the power of God. I'm going to be an instrument of God's kingdom in the earth. Now, I'm not, I'm not talking about positive thinking, okay? I'm not. I, I'm talking about faith in the power of God. I'm talking about faith in the word and, and the promise of God. God doesn't say anything that he doesn't want to do. God doesn't promise something that isn't absolutely in conformity with his will for our lives. God spoke to a barren man who had a barren wife and said, your descendants are going to cover the earth. And what it says about Abram, God changed his name to Abraham, but what it says about Abram is this, he believed God. And that's what pleased God about him. He believed the promise. Even though in the natural, how could it even happen? I mean, they're, they're too old to have children. You know, when you go through menopause, you're probably not having any kids after that. But see, with God, all things are possible. You and I were called to live in occupational thinking. Jesus said, occupy until I come. The word occupy, it's very interesting in the dictionary. It means to take possession and control of as by military invasion. That's what occupy means. That's what occupational thinking is. I belong to this organization called God and Sons. And we've got stuff going on in every nation on this planet. There is, where I'm, where I'm trying to go with this is, is here. There is a seed inside of each one of us that was deposited when we were born again. And it's a seed to rise up and take dominion. It's part of our spiritual DNA. God created us to be that way. He, he recreated us to live that way. That there's a cry in your heart for justice. You, when you see a situation, an unjust situation, there's just something in your heart that cries out for justice, that cries out, kingdom of God, invade that situation. Let truth be exposed. Let, let those that are being mistreated, let that be turned in Jesus' name. That's something in your spiritual DNA, a cry for justice. And, and that, that cry is to, to cause us to rise up and affect the world that we are living, that we live in. We are not to be dominated by the things that are going on around us. Now, now this seed inside of you that I'm talking about, we see it in the very beginning when God created man. I, I want to look at God's intent and purpose for man. What did God have in mind when he created us? There, there's a principle that the Bible scholars often refer to as the law of first mention or the law of Genesis. 
And the principle is this, when God first mentions something in Scripture, there are often keys in that first mention that will help us to understand it as it develops through Scripture and into the New Testament. That there are keys in that first mention. Now the reason it's called the law of Genesis also is because usualmente, usually it is found, this first mention is found in Genesis. Now, now here's what it, where it is. Genesis 1, verse 26, the very first mention of man. Guys are quiet. Verse 26, then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. We were created to have dominion by God himself. It was his idea. It was part of the commissioning of man. Let them have dominion over all the earth. I was created to have dominion in the earth. Can we say that? I was created to have dominion in the earth. One more time. I was created to have dominion in the earth. So God is saying, let them rise up and take charge of the environment around them. Let them have authority over this world I have put them in. Now, it's an authority that we have that is under his authority. In other words, it's a delegated authority. We, as we are under his authority, as we embrace the lordship of Jesus, we have authority because we're under his authority and as the body of Christ on the earth. You and I were created to, to rise up and affect the world around us, not to be a prisoner or a product of our circumstances, not to be impacted by the world around us, but to impact the world. Verse 28. Man, you guys are just so quiet. I can't even hear you breathing. <laughs> then God blessed them, verse 28, and God said to them. Now, when God speaks, it is a powerful thing. How many know that? God blessed mankind and decreed something over them. Just like he said, light be and light was, so God decreed this blessing over your life. He said, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. That is the blessing that God spoke over mankind. It was given to us by God to rise up and experience breakthrough. But see, that breakthrough begins internally because as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Proverbs 23, 7. As you think in your heart, that's how you will live. Your internal reality will become your external reality. But changes first take place in our thinking. 
It's actually thoughts that lead to actions. So if our actions are going to change, our thoughts must change. Now, in your notes, God wants to give us breakthrough thinking. Breakthroughs always begin here, in the reproductive organ of the mind, in the loins of your mind that has been girded with truth. And see, when you begin to gird the loins of your mind with truth, it begins pulling down strongholds and thought patterns that the enemy has sown into our lives over time. They were sown into our lives with one intent, with this intent, to try to keep you from moving into all that God has for you. The enemy's motive is to incapacitate you. And if he can incapacitate you here, you are incapacitated. We can be so limited and confined in our thinking. If we keep thinking the same thoughts that got us where we are now, how can things change? God wants to anoint your thoughts. He wants to saturate your thinking by filling you with his thoughts. His thoughts, the, the truth, his thoughts about who you are in him. Begin to fellowship with his thoughts about you. Breakthrough thinking, it comes from revelation and spiritual understanding. The revelation, first of all, of who he is, who he really is, and then who we are in him. In Isaiah 58, some of you may have read this portion of scripture during our week of prayer and fasting. But it, it says that when, you, when, you, when we are fasting God's way, it says this, your light shall break forth like the morning. And it says, and your healing shall spring forth speedily. Your light there, it means instruction, wisdom, revelation. God wants to give us his wisdom to live by that will cause healing, that will cause, release provision, that will bring forth God's purpose into our lives. How many of you believe that God's light can shine on your thinking? A couple of you? Okay. I'm going to keep preaching. God's word is filled with wisdom and revelation. Have you ever heard the phrase, I, I saw the light? The light went on. We know what that means. Something has changed in our thinking. When I was a kid, in cartoons, when someone would get an idea, I would, I would, they would show this light bulb that would appear above their head. Yeah, I always used to marvel at that when I was a little kid. Because I, I would watch all those cartoons, and when someone got an idea, a bulb would appear above their head, and I used to look for my light bulb. I, I was pretty young at the time, okay? And, and I would try to think of a good idea so a light bulb could appear above my head. I even thought that maybe it was happening, but I couldn't see it. So I would look in the mirror, and I would try to have a good idea to see if my light bulb would show up. 
I said I was young. But when the light bulb would appear in a cartoon, it meant that someone had a bright idea. And when the Bible says your light shall spring forth like the morning, it means that God will bless you with wisdom, with revelation and spiritual understanding. It means that God wants to bless you with breakthrough thinking. Just as a person can have wrong or bad habits that, that develop over time, we can also have wrong or bad thinking habits, wrong types of thought patterns, and, and this thinking can bind us. It, it can hinder us from our breakthrough. Now, in your notes, remember the word repent means to change the way you think. Repentance is not just turning away from sin, but it is an internal changing. I'm changing the way I think about God. I'm changing the way I think about me. I'm changing the way I think about sin. And see, that's the internal stuff that causes the turning away from sin. Repentance, in, in its raw form, it just means a willingness to let God change the way we think. Repentance is not just something we do when we get saved. Repentance is a daily lifestyle. As God is renewing our minds, don't be stubborn. Be willing to let go of what you thought and embrace what God is saying or God's thoughts. I remember as a, as a young Christian, I, uh, I had grown up some in the church, so I, without realizing it, I had a lot of preformed ideas about God and about Christianity. And when I got saved, I made the mistake of starting to read my Bible. And I say that because I would be reading and all of a sudden something in the word would challenge what I thought. And I would have a choice to either let go of what I thought and embrace what obviously God is saying in his word or I could be stubborn and just hang on to it. No, this is the way I believe. Don't be like that. Don't be like that. Lord, help me to let go of old ways of thinking in Jesus' name. In Isaiah 43, verses 18 and 19, God says this, Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Why? Because, verse 19, Behold, I will do a new thing, now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Do not remember the former things. Why? Because I am doing a new thing, and if you don't let go of the old, you will miss the new. In order to grab a hold of the new, you must be willing to let go of the old. Sing, O barren woman. You who have no children, start rejoicing. You who have not experienced breakthrough, start rejoicing about your breakthrough. Then get ready. Because you're going to have to enlarge the place of your tent and stretch out the curtains of your dwelling. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. 
you begin by rejoicing. I mean, isn't that a challenging thing? I'm supposed to rejoice about something I'm praying for that hasn't happened yet, and yet I'm supposed to rejoice like it's happened. But isn't that what Jesus said? What things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them, then you will have them. See, the minute I believe that I receive something, I can't help but rejoice. The minute my faith takes me into the possession of it, I'm going to rejoice before it comes. But it's coming. It's coming. You begin by rejoicing. Then you start tearing down the walls of your house and enlarging the place of your dwelling. Because breakthrough thinking is where breakthrough living begins. All lifestyle change, change begins by changing thinking. Because you are going to expand to the right and to the left. Because you are going to have children. Your life is going to start to bear fruit. Start acting on your belief. Start moving in your faith. Start making room for breakthrough. Stop, start believing and entering into the promise of God. I really felt like last week the thing that God was challenging me with, and, and I believe challenging us as a church with, is stop looking at the present. Stop looking at the way things are. Lift up your eyes and see the vision that God wants to give you. Now, when God was speaking to Abraham, he said, lift up your eyes from the place where you are. And he said, look northward, southward, eastward, and westward. What was he looking at? He was looking at the promised land. He was looking at the land that God had promised him. And he needed to see it before he could begin to take possession of it. And see, our promised land, they are the promises of God. The promises that God has given us. He says, I want you to, to stop looking at where you are and start looking at my promises. Now remember, what, what pleased God about Abraham was that he believed God. Even though it was impossible, even though it was impossible to have children, they're too old, they're, they're, they're barren. They were, they were barren when they were at the right age to have kids. Now they're not at the right age to have kids, but he believed God. He struggled not at the challenge. He didn't look at his own body. He didn't look at his own situation, but he looked at the promise of God. Colossians chapter 1. This is, a, this is a prayer by Paul for the church at Colossae. And because the Holy Spirit incorporated it in your Bible, it belongs to you too. You can pray this prayer with confidence, knowing that it's the will of God for you. For this reason also, Paul begins, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask 
So here's where the prayer begins. This is, this is a prayer I like to pray every day. That you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, wisdom, revelation, light, that you might walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Father, I ask that I may be filled with the knowledge of your will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that I may walk worthy of you, Lord, fully pleasing you, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. What am I, what am I releasing? I'm releasing breakthrough thinking. Wisdom and spiritual understanding. God, give me breakthrough thinking. Give me the thoughts that will release breakthrough in my life. In fact, put your hands on your head. And just say this with me. Father, in Jesus' name, release your anointing into my life for breakthrough thinking. I break off of my mind. Limited thinking. Old ways of thinking. The old wineskin. Open the eyes of my heart. Give me wisdom and spiritual understanding. Let me see with the eyes of the Spirit. Let me be free in my thinking. Let the power to dream with you rise up in me. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, don't you think even for a moment that God doesn't want to answer that prayer? I believe he's actually been waiting for you to pray it. He has been longing to pour his wisdom and revelation into our lives. That's who he is. That's what he does. So just receive it. Expect it. Now also, in your notes, God wants to give us breakthrough strength. But what, what's that all about? It begins with breakthrough thinking, but, but you and I also have got to rise up in breakthrough strength. It's not just breakthrough thinking that we need. We need breakthrough strength. Why? So that it doesn't matter what kind of opposition we experience. Opposition is a good thing. It allows us, it forces us to rise up in God's strength and not just move out in our own strength. Opposition positions us to, to tap into God not, so we're not only thinking his thoughts, but he's empowering us to step into it. Opposition positions us to move in his strength. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Why? Because we are in a warfare. There is opposition. You know, some people think if they experience a little opposition, well, I guess God doesn't want me to do that. I just want to say it out loud. That's ridiculous. If you are going to represent God's kingdom on the earth, you will experience opposition. 
You know, the apostle Paul said this to Timothy. He said, all who live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. I, I know that's, that's not a verse on many refrigerators. That's not a verse that many people claim. But there is an enemy kingdom that suffers loss every time God's kingdom moves forward. It's not, if you're not experiencing opposition of some kind, are you doing anything for the kingdom? Well, you know, I, I'm, I, I pray, I'm praying about this and the door closed. That doesn't mean God closed it. Man, I, I've had many closed doors that I've had to pray and fight to go through. Just, just like every open door is not God. How many know that? In the same way, not every closed door was closed by God. In your notes, opposition just makes you grow stronger. You need opposition to build spiritual muscle. Look at all the opposition that the Apostle Paul experienced. You know, as he headed out to do God's will after his amazing conversion, he had been apprehended by Jesus Christ for God's purpose. Do you think he was doing God's will? He certainly was. But he experienced incredible opposition. Right in, right in the center of God's will, he experienced opposition. In 2 Corinthians 11, I just want to read some of the, some of the opposition that Paul experienced. Five times he received 40 stripes minus one. Three times he was beaten with rods. Once he was stoned and left for dead. Three times he was shipwrecked. He spent 24 hours at sea. He was falsely accused, imprisoned. He had sleepless nights. He experienced hunger and thirst. Paul had a lot of opposition, but he, but he never said, oh, I guess this isn't God's will. No, he said this. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. If you read the context of that verse, we quote it a lot. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The context, it, it, it relates to some of those difficulties that he went through. And he said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Paul had a lot of closed doors that he had to pray through. In fact, he would tell churches when he would send them a letter, he'd say, pray that a door would be opened. That means it's currently closed. Now, the last verse of scripture for today, I realize we're just about over. I'm really having a hard time preaching in the enclosed time frame. So pray for me. Well, I, I also, at the same time, I want to be sensitive to people's plans and, and time frames and stuff. So this is the last verse I want to look at, but we're not quite done. Uh, Exodus 1, verse 12. This is when the children of Israel were in captivity to Egypt. If you can remember, they went there to survive the famine with Joseph. And at that time, they were in a very favorable position with Pharaoh. It was amazing. Joseph was in charge of all of Egypt. But as time went on, that Pharaoh died. And, and by this time, Moses, I mean, uh, Joseph was long gone. And the, the Hebrews continued to flourish and increase. 
and, and that is when the new pharaoh put them in captivity. And they became slaves of the Egyptians. Talk about experiencing opposition. This is what it says, Exodus 1.12. But the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew, and they were in dread of the children of Israel. The more Pharaoh afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew. The more opposition they experienced, the stronger they became. Opposition is what grows your spiritual muscles. You can't build natural, physical muscles without opposition. When the, when the 12 spies came back from checking out the promised land, that there was plenty of opposition in the land God had given them. And just because God gives you something doesn't mean that there isn't opposition. Well, I thought if the land was really given to us by God, there would be no opposition. That the current residents would just leave. And they're still here. Ten of the spies came back with an evil report. What made it evil? It was based on situational thinking, not occupational. Yes, it's, it's a land of abundance. In that case, it's everything that God promised, but there are giants in the land. And we are like grasshoppers in their sight. The cities are fortified. The people are strong. They, they, are, they are talking by sight, not by faith. But there were two other spies that came back with a, such a totally different report, you would almost think they went to a different place. And yet they went to the same place. They, went, they saw the same things. What was the report of Joshua and Caleb? This is all found in Numbers chapters 13 and 14. Caleb said, let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. That, that's occupational thinking. God has promised us the land. I believe what God says, let's go occupy it. I know that on the inside, that's my internal reality. I've been meditating on the promises of God. I've been fellowshipping on God's word concerning this. That's my internal reality. Let's go take possession. We can do this. We have the promise of God. We have God. Joshua said the land we, we pass through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. Don't Fear the people of the land, for they are our bread. I love that. Their protection has departed from them. The Lord is with us. Don't be afraid, for they are our bread. What that means in current vernacular is we are going to eat them for breakfast. They are only going to make us stronger. See, you need to hear something, saints. You are stronger in God than the trials you are going through. You are stronger than your enemies. You are harder than the hardest thing you will go through. What I am saying to you is really true. That's who you are in him. But see, as long as we are limited in our thinking, as long as our thinking is based on the externals that are happening around us, we, are, we will be limited in tapping into the strength and the power of God. Worship team, please come. Breakthrough thinking 
positions us to begin to walk in breakthrough power. What is breakthrough power and strength? It's simply God empowering us for breakthrough. It's being strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. It is God empowering us to push through the opposition of the enemy. Breakthrough power is the offensive thrust that breaks through enemy lines and takes the plunder. Please stand. I'm sorry, I'm a little bit over here. Thank you. I needed that. Just one more time. Would you just put your hands on your heart with me? And say this, thank you, Father, that I am your child. You have called me forth for such a time as this. I am who you say I am. I have what you say I have. I can do what you say I can do. In all things, I am more than a conqueror. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I am an overcomer because you say I am an overcomer. I am healed because you say I am healed. You are a God of abundance. And I declare that your abundance flows into my life. You are the master of breakthrough. You are the God of my breakthrough. In Jesus' name, let's just worship the Lord.
Father, we believe. We believe in you. Thank you for what you're doing in our hearts and in our spirits. Lord, we embrace the promises that you have given us. We embrace the land that you've called us to behold and to begin to take possession of. Thank you, Father. I want to invite prayer teams to come up and be available to pray this morning. benediction I want to give you is from Romans chapter 16 verse 20 it just seems appropriate today and the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly let the reality of that sink in you are the body of Christ in the earth you have the spirit of God inside of you the same spirit that came upon Jesus the same spirit that he carried, you are his body in the earth and you are empowered by the same spirit to do the works of God. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. God bless you, saints. Have a great week. It's so good to see you.